Please be aware the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and yes, in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night. Monsters lurking under your bed or deep in the forest. That unknown creature lurking just out of sight. And frighteningly imagined creatures, ghosts, supernatural beings, and, you know what, even some unsolved mysteries. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, well, we're going to be looking into some interesting cryptids. Alright, with that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. As you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation is always yours, so choose your poison accordingly. Now for the game part. How about every time I say Japan, that will be a single shot. And every time I say cryptid, that will be a double shot. Yay. All right. Now that we've got the business end out of the way, we can jump head first into today's dark enigma. So you want a little bit of hint of what's coming up? Okay. How about this? I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay, well, drop the kabuki makeup as we delve deep into mysterious cryptids from the great nation of Japan. And today's episode is a listener request, so tip your hat and you can thank Dan from Illinois for today's episode. This one's for you, old Danny boy. No, I'm not going to sing anymore tonight because, you know what, I sound like crap. (laughs) (laughs) Truthfully, I think he only made the suggestion knowing that I'd have to try to pronounce all these words and I'm totally going to screw them up. So, you know what? Enjoy! (laughs) Alright. Japan is home to thousands of Buddhist temples and Shinto shrines. They're way too numerous for me to try to list out here. These shrines and temples are renowned by tourists from all around the world who come to enjoy the serene beauty and cultural heritage that is Japan. They can be found everywhere, from deep in the remote mountains to craggy coastlines to even wedged between skyscrapers and crowded shopping streets, bizarrely melding the modern with the ancient. Practically every municipality in Japan has at least one temple or shrine, with historical cities such as Kyoto boasting in the thousands. More than just places of tranquil beauty or places of worship, the shrines and temples of Japan are also often places tasked with the housing of sacred relics. These can be important historical artifacts, irreplaceable national treasures, or priceless items of cultural heritage. Yet, on occasion, there can be far stranger things locked away from the bustling tourists. Some temples and shrines in Japan have become known for harboring the remains of bizarre creatures, monsters, and supposedly long-extinct animals, all of which potentially hold great cryptozoological significance. 
What mysteries can we find past the serene rock gardens, ornate gates, and within the lacquered wood halls of these ancient temples? Well, Japanese folklore has long been inhabited by goblins, specters, boogeymen, and all manner of fantastical creatures from the edges of human imagination. While many of these bizarre beings are understood to be firmly planted in the realm of myth, occasionally there is one that stretches at the curtains between the real and the unreal. In such cases, the line between pure folklore and reality become blurred, making it difficult to completely ascertain where one ends and the other begins. Many of the alleged remains of strange creatures are of cryptids that have strong folkloric ties. One such creature is the legendary Kappa of Japan's waterways. I know you thought it was Super Mario Brothers 2 and so did I. Sorry. <laughs> One of the most well-known cryptids of Japan, the Kappa is a mysterious bipedal water-dwelling creature said to inhabit Japan's rivers and streams. They're typically described as being the size of a child of 6 to 10 years of age and resembling a cross between a turtle, monkey, and a lizard. I want you to stop and think and mix those three together for a minute. You're welcome. Kappas are often depicted as having a shell on their backs, similar to a turtle's, and having a beak-like mouth. Some reports have made mention of patchy, scraggly hair covering the body as well. Now, several temples in Japan are purported to have the remains of actual kappas. Suryuji Temple in Osaka, Japan is one such place thought to have a full kappa mummy which it reportedly came into possession of in 1682. The mummy is around 70 centimeters long and looks vaguely humanoid. It has thin arms, a mouthful of needle-like teeth, and a crown of scraggly hair atop its head. Sounds like somebody I might have dated at some point. Yep, I have really horrible taste. The alleged kappa is not on public display, and it's not uncommon to have requests to view it denied outright. Another temple somewhat well-known for its kappa remains is Sojinji, located in the Asukusa area of Tokyo. I know, that was two of them in a row, and I think I should get a gold medal for that one. Anyways, it's a popular and crowded area known for its various temples and historical attractions that attract droves of tourists from all over the world. The area around Sojinji is steeped in Kappa lore and is said to have once been infested by the creatures. Kappas were known to be mischievous and even downright hostile on occasion, so the temple is said to have been built to appease them. Sojinji is so entwined with Kappa folklore that it is often referred to as Kappa Dera or Kappa Temple. Within Sojinji's grounds, one can find statues, murals, and elaborate drawings of Kappa, as well as piles of cucumber, said to be the Kappa's favorite food, left as offerings by guests. Of course, the main attraction is the supposed Kappa hand encased in glass within one of the temple's halls. The hand is mummified and cut off at the wrist with bone exposed. The hand has long bony fingers that end in claws. 
it's not clear what the exact origins of the hand are, and it's often dismissed as a mere mummified monkey's hand. Yet, since no one is allowed to handle the relic, it's really hard to say for sure. Another area with strong kappa lore is the city of Tono, located in Iwati Prefecture in northeastern Japan. Much like the Sosenji Temple area, Tono has long been said to be inhabited by kappa, and it is thought they still can be found in the area to this very day. The city boasts a few temples purported to be in possession of various mummified kappa remains, some that are reportedly hundreds of years old. Other creatures well known from Japanese folklore are the Tengu and Raju. The Tengu are legendary winged avian humanoids that were seen as protectors of the mountains. The creatures were often sighted in feudal Japan, where they were seen as almost godlike entities with magical powers such as tele- telepathy and shape shifting. Many people of the time considered the Tengu to be very real, and shogun were even said to have the creatures moved out of areas before important visits due to their often mischievous or aggressive behavior. In addition to such stories, there are various relics concerning Tengu contained within temples. There is a scroll at a temple in Shizuoka Prefecture, which allegedly contains a written apology penned by a Tengu. It is told that the creature was captured in the 17th century by the high priest of the temple and forced to write the apology after harassing travelers in the area. I'm just interested to see that this, you know, creature, you know, acquiesced to that request because I'd be like, hell no, I'm not going to go. Anyways... (laughs) The Hachinohi Museum in Amori Prefecture houses the alleged mummified remains of a Tengu. The skull of these remains is humanoid, while the body is covered with feathers and the feet are like that of a bird. Another temple in Siatama Prefecture keeps what is said to be the talon of a Tengu, while still another supposedly has the beaked skull of one. Another creature of legend with such remains is the Raju, or literally Thunder Beast, who were said to be the mighty service servants of the Shinto god of thunder. These creatures were most often described as looking something like a badger, weasel, cat, or fox, although they were sometimes said to look like a wolf or monkey as well, often with wings or multiple tails. They are quite often depicted as being wreathed in crackling lightning, and their voices were the boom of thunder itself. During storms, these creatures would become very agitated, frantically dashing about and leaping from tree to tree, tearing up the bark in the process with their formidable claws. In Japanese folklore, it was said that trees scored by lightning had been the work of Raju claws. They were also known to swoop down and slash at passerbys. So, you know, don't walk in the forest, right? Occasionally, living specimens were captured and displayed. One such Raju allegedly fell into a well in Izumu province, where it became hopelessly entangled in ropes and was captured alive. The creature was subsequently exhibited within a cage of brass in the court of the Tenjin Temple. The animal was said to resemble a badger, yet with a longer tail and oversized claws. Uh, 
When the weather was clear, the Raju was quite docile, sleeping quietly in its cage most of the time. However, during storms, it would become a ferocious hissing beast, and its eyes were said to flicker and flash as if filled with lightning. The creature refused to eat or drink during its captivity and eventually died. Its body is said to have been preserved and kept on the premises for some time before they were reportedly destroyed in a fire. Besides this account of a living specimen, there are some other temples said to have the mummified remains of Raju. One such mummy is kept at Yuzanji Temple in Wate Prefecture. Say that ten times fast. The mummy looks very much like a cat, only misshapen and with longer legs. It was allegedly received in the 1960s as a donation from a parishioner, although the exact origin of the mummy isn't known for sure. Another similar-looking Raju mummy is kept at the Sashoji Temple in Niigata Prefecture. Yeah, that one was hard. Another bizarre relic is the teeth of a supposed sea serpent kept at a temple along the rugged coast of western Japan. Legend has it that a priest was strolling along the beach, contemplating matters of faith, when he came across a large, terrifying sea creature described as a dragon, washed up on the beach. The priest took this as a sign of sorts and wanted to acquire the beast for the temple. Yet it was much too large to take back with him, so he removed some of the teeth instead. The priest then took his prize back to the temple where the dragon teeth supposedly remain to this day, although apparently not available for viewing by the public. Still, other temples and shrines in Japan hold the remains of other very famous Japanese cryptids. One temple in Okayama Prefecture has what is said to be a preserved specimen of a Shusinako, which is a type of cryptid snake believed to inhabit the remote mountains of Japan. The the Shusinako resembles a viper, but with a bulging body thicker than the head. It's reported to make a wide range of vocalizations and is known for its unusual methods of locomotion, such as jumping or even rolling along like a wheel. It is such a popular cryptid in Japan that some rural areas hold regular chusinoko hunts and offer sizable rewards for a specimen. Another cryptid in Japan is a creature that actually is known to have existed. The supposedly extinct Honshu wolf was the world's smallest species of wolf, standing just a little over a foot at the shoulder. They were once common throughout their former range of Honshu, Kyoshu, and Shikoku Islands, and were often worshipped as forest protectors. Sadly, their numbers declined due to rabies and hunting brought upon by changing attitudes towards the wolves. The last Honshu wolf is widely believed to have died in 1905, although they are still reportedly sighted in many isolated regions to this day. However, in 1994, one shrine in Totori Prefecture was found to possess a specimen of the Honshu wolf that is thought to have possibly died as recently as the 1950s. If these remains are the real deal, then it would significantly push back the accepted extinction date and give more fuel to the idea that the wolves could still survive somewhere in the mountains of Japan. Unfortunately, the remains are considered sacred by the shrine, and as such, requests to test them have been denied. 
Even more remains can be found throughout the temples and shrines of Japan. Mermaids, demons, and two-headed monsters also count among some of the more fantastical and bizarre examples. In some cases, we can have a creature which on the face of it may seem to be obviously a purely mythical construct, yet still remain persistently cited and documented to the point that it seems worthy of investigating further. And the human-faced dogs of Japan are one such case. The Jinmenken, roughly translated as the human-faced dog, is typically said to be about the size of a medium-sized dog, often with matted or dirty-looking hair. From a distance, an observer may mistake one for just an ordinary mangy stray dog. Yet on closer inspection, they would see that these dogs possess a human face. I know, freak me out. I love dogs, but a people face? Mm -mm, No, sorry. The eyes are often deep set and sad, and the tail is most commonly between the legs in an apparent gesture of passiveness or cowardice. An even more shocking revelation than the human face is their purported ability to speak. Okay, see, I'm already freaked out by the human face, but a dog that can talk? Okay, seriously, that just freaks me out. Typically, a Jenkinman will implore those who come across it to leave it alone, but on rare occasion will hold simple conversations. Jenkinmen are persistent in Japanese folklore, yet there seems to be more to them than that. Throughout the Edo era, from, 19, from 1603 to 1868, these human-faced dogs were often encountered and cited by locals, to the point that they were occasionally featured in the news publications of the time. In addition to these sightings, Jinkin men were at times allegedly exhibited at, at Misimono, which were a type of Japanese carnival sideshows popular during the Edo era. These sideshows were somewhat of a cabinet of curiosities, typically featuring menageries of exotic animals, mounted displays or mummified remains of bizarre creatures or monsters, gaffs, mystical artifacts, and all manner of the strange and bizarre. So, basically like me. Yay. Okay. Taxidermy specimens of Jinkinmen were often seen on display at such shows, and on occasion, even live specimens were shown. In such shows, the Jinkinmen would be paraded about for all to see, and became quite popular attractions. It's not clear whether these were actual Jinkinmen or regular dogs somehow altered to look like such through illusion and trickery, yet the fact remains that the that there are numerous accounts of these exhibitions and they were certainly observed by many people. It was not only commoners that marveled at these creatures in such sideshows either. One publication of the time included the testimony of a visiting zoologist who remarked upon laying his eyes upon one such specimen, and it's translated from Japanese, thank God, because I would totally fuck that up, seriously. And I quote, There, cowering and whimpering in the corner of the display booth, I saw the hunched-over form of what I first took to be a typical Shiba Inu, although of a somewhat more pungent odor. Then the thing looked up with sad eyes, and I could clearly see that it was the face of a human being, albeit with the empty, soulless gaze of an animal. Yeah, I'm going to stop right there and say, you know what, if you've ever looked into a dog's eyes, they are not soulless. Anyways, 
I'll pick up again. I immediately assumed trickery upon seeing such an aberration. Yet if one had forged such a horrific sight, then they had done so with such ingenuity and craftsmanship that I was unable to ascertain it as such. If this was some sort of macabre taxidermy of a living thing, then it was done without any visible indication of such. I could see no apparent stitches or artificial connection between human face and dog. I was eager to be on my way from such a ghastly abomination, and the thing's gaze left me with a deep unease long after I had left. End quote. It is interesting to note the feeling of unease the zoologist experienced. Premonitions of dread or feelings of deep despair are common occurrences in those who see Jinkinmen. Reports of Jinkinmen hypnotizing onlookers or inducing urges to get away are also not uncommon in accounts. Additionally, Jinkinmen are often considered to be portents of doom or disaster. Sightings of Jinkinmen are not merely confined to the rural Japan of the Edo era. Eyewitness accounts of Jinkinmen sightings persist right up to today. There are many reports of eyewitnesses describing coming across what they first take to be a dog, only to have it turn around to display its human face. Other reports showcase the Jinkinmen's apparent great speed as they are describing as running playfully alongside cars on darkened roads, sometimes screaming or whooping as they do so. I'm just going to say, if I was a dog and I had a dog and I had a, per a person face, that's what I would totally be doing. Freaking people out as they drive. <laughs> These sightings occur mostly at night in rural areas, yet it's not always the case, but mostly. During the 1980s, a human-faced dog was often sighted rummaging through garbage in the back alleys of Tokyo's Shib Shibuya District, which is a well-developed, bustling urban shopping area. Other sightings have been reported from other urban areas behind crowded restaurants, in alleyways, or in the darkened parking lots of apartment buildings. So, what do we make of these reports? As detached from reality as the notion of a human-faced dog might seem, theories abound as to what could be behind the sightings and stories. These theories range from the somewhat plausible to the downright absurd. Among the more far-out ideas are that the Jinkinmen are the spirits of traffic accident victims or dogs possessed by an evil spirit. Others say that they are the result of secret biological experiments performed in labs. It has even been suggested that these human-faced dogs are the chupacabras in Japan. Perhaps a more realistic candidate for the stories of human-faced dogs in Japan can be found in the Japanese macaques. These primates are found all over Japan, and in many ways, they do resemble a dog under less than favorable sighting conditions, such as night when most sightings occur. They have faces that can be seen as somewhat human-like and make a wide range of vocalizations which could possibly be misconstrued as speech by a frightened onlooker. Japanese macaques are also not confined to wilderness areas. In many locales, these monkeys are extremely bold in venturing into suburban and even urban areas where they roam about and raid garbage bins, one hallmark of many Jinkinmen sightings. Could someone not familiar with seeing macaques mistake one for a human-faced dog under the right conditions? Hmm. Real or imagined, whatever the Jenkin men are, they seem to be something that has crawled out from the confines of mere myth and folklore.
Is there something to these stories? Perhaps somewhere out there is some explanation or at the very least something close to an answer for these enigmatic creatures. Until then, if you're ever in Japan, make sure you keep an eye to the dark alleyways. You never know what might be peering back at you from the shadows. And what all of these cases seem to have in common is they offer the tantalizing possibility of what, of what something cryptozoologists strive for concrete physical evidence. What would we find if we were allowed to access these remains with our modern DNA testing techniques? Would we find the proof that we're looking for or the creative taxidermy mini claim that these remains might be? Would we not learn something either way? Unfortunately, many of the remains are considered sacred relics and not available for our attempts at answers. Many of them are locked away and not even available for viewing, let alone proper scientific analysis. As much as we would like to crack open these mysteries and pull away the curtains of uncertainty, as much as we would like to crack open these mysteries and pull away the curtains of uncertainty, it seems that some mysteries will forever be out of our grasp. In the case of these mysterious temples of Japan, it seems that we must resign ourselves to being satisfied with their architectural magnificence and historical value, while only allowing our curiosity to approach further as we wonder at and ponder what mysteries might lie beyond their doors. And with that, my darlings, we have come to the end of our episode. And I thank you for joining me here today. And I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if, like Dan, you have a suggestion for a future show, you just want to tell me what you think, you're bored out of your mind and you need somebody to talk to, drop me a line because I do reply to every single email. And on that note, that's all the time we have. And I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune in next time, my darlings. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.